Hello, and welcome back to Mad Get Radio. It's episode number 20, guys. We're getting on. This week, we've got a special show, which is going to be recapping the recent Art of War tournament, which happened in Bristol. Uh, but before we go any further, I am joined by the Spock to my Captain Kirk. It's Paul. What's going on, guys? Like that one this week, Andrew. It's good, right? It's good. That was very good. I'm surprised we've not had that one. I know, right? A moment of brilliance, what can I say? <laughs> And we're also joined this week by a first-time guest and someone who, despite only being a part of the Wildlands Club for under a year, has made a bit of a reputation for himself, smashing face. Um, it's Fraser Campbell. Say hi, Fraz. Hi, guys. So, Fraz, before we recount the tales of glory and woe that were uh, part of Art of War, do you want to just introduce yourself to some of our uh, listeners that might not know you? Basically, I've been playing for roughly a year, maybe slightly less. Main army is dwarfs. <laughs> Always getting abuse for that. Um, shield wall abuse in general. It's bullshit. Probably playing dwarfs wrong, apparently. Tend to <laughs> run with more infantry and your face lists than mixed arms or shooting, which doesn't always work, but it's fun. So you're definitely uh, an aggressive player, shall we say? Um, yeah, for bastards. <laughs> nice so um, as I said at the start we're going to be talking about Art of War so there was a whole load of shenanigans that were going on at um, Art of War so like our previous tournament shows what we're going to do is we're just going to walk through this uh, and because I wasn't at Art of War I can kind of take a step back and ask some kind of questions and bits and pieces and let the, the guys tell us what happened so uh, Paul how did you guys get down you guys flew right we flew Hopped on a plane, so there was five of us going down. There was myself, Raz, uh, Edwards, Michael, and Guillermo, Spanish stallion. The Spanish stallion. Yeah. So it was pretty good. Got down there on the Friday, checked into the hotel, dumped our stuff, and then we headed over to the club. We got a game in, so that was nice. the first time. Yeah, it was good. It was the first time I had been in the venue before, so it was pretty good. It was fucking freezing, but a pretty cool venue. Quite okay. liked it. So yeah, before we even get into the games, first off, how do you find flying with your uh, stuff? Oh, okay. So I ha- have a miniature case from Miniature Art Team. Yeah. So I basically took that on as my carry-on luggage. And Sensible man. Yeah. Wasn't checking in my models. No, the case held up really well. It's a lot smaller than like the recommended allowance for carry-on luggage, so okay. there's no problem getting in the overhead compartment and I took the time just to magnetise everything so everything is on magnetised shelves so everything held up pretty well. There was a few breakages but nothing serious, pretty easy fixes. Okay, cool. Um, but no, I would definitely um, I would definitely do that again and I would recommend those cases for anyone looking for something that's easy to travel with on a plane. Nice. What about you, Fraz? How did you get your stuff done? I used the Games Workshop case with the foam. Okay. Pretty good for dwarfs, so it seems everything's pretty small. The only thing was the copters I put in a box and filled it with packing. Right. Which is fine for the way down, but a bit of damage on the way back up. But okay. Nothing, nothing too bad, really. And your phone case, did you just take that on as uh, like hand luggage as well? Yeah, I just stuck it in a wee carry-on case. And right, okay, I cool. Basically used it as a crutch, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking for obviously ETC and stuff later on in the year. I'm trying to reassess my uh, transport systems, so it's good to get feedback and how f- other people are doing it. 
yeah, I, th- I think having it on the plane is is definitely a way to go. I mean, this wouldn't work for ETC, but certainly for like uh, weekend tournaments, uh, we just all put our stuff in one bag and check that bag in. Right. Just our clothes and stuff for the weekend. So yeah, that's a good idea. Um, it just made it a bit easier. Okay, cool. So get your flight down, you're in, you're sorted, you get your practice game. How do the practice games go? Good? Pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. I played Michael's Mounted Empire list. Okay. Got 19-1. Solid was, start. Uh, I know, I was super confident. I was like, oh man, this weekend's going to be so good. Just <laughs> <laughs> as a bit of foreshadowing, this is exactly the same thing that happened at Scottish Champs uh, uh, last so year. Was. So I, I played Deej for a warm-up game. Beat him. It was like, excellent. Just beat some guy that's going to ETC. This is this is going really well. <laughs> it was good. It was good fun. Cool. Francis, who did you play? I played G. Okay. Um, got an 18-2 against these Twin Towers Vermin Swarm list, which is, again, pretty good. Yeah, it's but... decent against that list. Like. And uh, any beers on Friday night, or were you being true athletes, staying true for the Saturday? Total professionals. Oh, okay. Well, I was <laughs> Confession. sick of the beer from the... Th- I had my <laughs> work night out on Thursday. So, I turned up at the airport and Fraz is like melting in a chair. <laughs> okay. I had to be, to scrape him off, and get him on the plane. So it was the high quality H two O on Friday night then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, t- t- we say that like I think me and uh, Michael had a beer. Was that the night we went out for dinner? Uh, no, that was the night we ate at the hotel. Um, I think this. I think uh, G did as well. I think it was just me and Ed that were. Yeah, everyone's having a good time, apart from me ruining the buzz at the end of the table. <laughs> okay, so were you recovered by Saturday morning? Yeah, I was actually feeling pretty good Saturday morning. Okay. Um, minus a uh, ruckus in the room above us. Oh. <laughs> sounded like a domestic, which... Oh, that's not, that's not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so before we get into the games themselves, do you guys want to quickly go over what your lists were and what was the you know the kind of general idea or the concept behind it? So, Paul, how about you kick us off? So, my list is classic Paul, one character, um, <laughs> not embracing the character focus of the book at all, just nope. running a Wizard Master uh, evocation on a disc. And then for core, two units of Warhounds, I had Block of Warriors paired weapons with the Zealot Banner, and then I had the Chosen Block, Root Weapons and Wrath. I had six Wretched Ones. I had five Chosen Knights, two Chariots, and a Forsaken One. Cool. That's everything. So, yeah, pretty good. Multiple combat stuff. There's a bit of everything in there. Like, the Wretched Ones can go after squishy elite stuff. The Warriors can deal with a lot of core blocks. Wrath dudes can basically just smash face and go after anything that's scary. And then I've got the wretched one kicking about, picking off monsters, uh, dogs for chaff, and chariots for anti-chaff. So pretty good list. Quite happy with it. Sweet. And was there any kind of core concept behind the lists? Or was it just... Uh, uh, I just of... Yeah, I mean, I just like having... I just like having a little bit of everything in my list, just to give it a little bit of flexibility. So it doesn't really have any, like, super hard counters because there's there's always something that I can use to deal okay. with it so I've got the wretched ones and the forsaken one are pretty fast the chosen ones the chosen knights are pretty fast I had the triple march banner on the chosen so I can push everything up and I've got evocation so I can bring magical move so for all that I do have infantry blocks I can basically drop the first turn off I want and just push and be in combat turn two so even against gun lines 
there's enough scary stuff that you've got to pick your targets. Yeah. I think I played maybe like eight or ten games with the list and Good was pretty happy with yeah. it. So yeah, I, I thought it was solid. Okay, cool. What about you, Fraz? What was in the list of filthiness? I had a Kelly King on foot backed up with a runesmith and an anvil for magic. Just a naked runesmith with a shield. And then a BSB with three runes of lightning and just a shield again. And then I had a monster seeker, dragon seeker, which is always great fun to play with. Yeah. Two core spear blocks, a block of King's Guard, some skirmish rangers and some skirmish seekers with two bombers. Nice. And was there holdstones in both of the seeker units or just the one? Um, there was a holdstone on the BSB. Um, okay. So there was a big jaggy hedgehog of a spear unit. Yeah, sorry, not seeker. I meant, I meant spear there. Sorry, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> uh, cool. Alrighty. So... Because uh, there was a special arrangement for round one, right? With the Vale Renegades? Yeah, so apparently, I don't know if Ed had approached them or if they had approached Ed, but they basically had agreed that we would grudge uh, the Vale guys game one. Awesome. So that was really good. I was really looking forward to that. I hadn't met any of them before. Obviously, know them through their podcast, so I was looking forward to meeting them. And then I think it was, was it like a week out for us? They had done the matchups? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it was just the, the Monday, maybe, just before. Yeah, I'm assuming it was just random. I don't know how they did it, but um, we basically had, like, five days prior to think about who we were going to deal with our opponent game one. So okay, so a decent amount of time to mull over yeah. your first round then. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's just jump right in. So, Paul, who were you playing round one? I was playing the infamous Rob Cousins Ooh. and his Orcs and Goblins. So, Hi, Rob. Uh, yeah, hi Rob. Thanks uh, for the game. It was lovely. What did he have? I'm now about so to had... trash you for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good game. Um, I had played Ed's Orcs and Goblins weekend before, and Ed had a lot of similar components in his list, so that was really good practice. What did he have? He had two spiders. He had a, he's general on a spider. He had a block of iron orcs, a block of ferals, a wolf chariot, three units of like like uh, like calf for chaff, some goblin bows. I think he had two units of goblin bows. He had an adept on witchcraft, a master on shamanism, and then he had like an iron orc BSB. Okay. So pretty smashy list. So it was I was looking forward to it, not only to to meet Rob and, and have some good banter, but just because I knew that's just going to be a total smashy game. Yeah. Like that's going to be over. I actually thought it was going to be over like turn four. Uh, but we actually went a full six turns. Wow. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, it was good. So uh, it was counter thrusts. Okay. And it was breakthrough for the secondary. Okay. So when I'm playing, I don't like to drop everything because I'm very aware that I'm, I'm looking for very specific matchups. But the problem with my list is I don't have a ton of drops before I start having to drop important stuff. Yeah. Whereas Rob had like, three units of fast cav, a chariot, and, like, two units of goblins. You could drop, and it not really matter. So I was trying to suss out where he was going to go, and he kind of surprised me. He kind of basically dropped all the kind of scary combat stuff on one side in a corner. Yeah. And he was just going to push down that one side. So I had a couple of units in places that I wasn't super happy with uh, when we actually went to play turn one. Um, So deployment wasn't great. And because he could out-chaff me, uh, that kind of caused some problems. We didn't really get into any kind of big smashy combats until maybe turn three or four, 
he was casting, he was getting, I think I was letting off Break the Spirit on the Chosen Knights because I wanted time to reposition everything else, so I wasn't going to commit them. So I was just like, fine, you can raise your dice. Okay. I'll let you have that. Because they were basically facing off against the spider that didn't have the character on it. Right. And I was fairly confident that they could grind out the spider, providing I got some magic off on them. And he had the Iron Orcs and the Ferals side by side on a hill um, on his right side, my left. And he had just like some fast chaff uh, around them. So basically what happened was turn three or four, I think, he had basically marched up a unit of goblins and kind of a long row of maybe like ten models, two ranks. And they were chaffing uh, the Chosen with the Great Weapons which was allowing the two scary blocks to basically come around and get in position. So I basically left the goblins there for a turn or two because there was no way that they were going to get away from the Chosen, so he was effectively just chaffing himself at that point. Oh, okay. And and the idea was that I'm just going to buy myself time, reposition, and then fight later in the game when I've got my stuff in place. On my other side, he had the spider with the character, and basically... He had moved up early, chaffed my chariots, which were on that side. I ended up taking the chaff, and then the spider ended up going after the two chariot units, uh, which basically took him out of combat for most of the game. Okay. So that kind of made it easier on my side, so I only really had the three combat threats to worry about on the other side. So basically what happened was turn three or four, his spider and ferals. No. Iron Orcs got to combat with the warrior unit. Were they both in the front of the warriors? Yeah, they both were in the front. So uh, the okay. spider was on the corner, and the Iron Orcs were in the middle, basically. And the warriors actually did pretty well. They did quite a bit of damage to the Iron Orcs. I think they maybe killed half the unit. Um, okay. Because I had reroll to hit up. So they've like the pumping out like 30 attacks. He's only getting a 5 up save, so with reroll to hit. So you'd have been hitting on threes as well, right? Because the paired yeah. weapons, yeah. Yeah, offensive skill six. So hitting them on threes uh, with a reroll was really good. And then winning them on fours. So yeah, actually okay. did a fair bit of damage. But basically, he just won on res. And they broke, got chased down. And the spider overran and hit the Chosen Knights uh, yeah. in the front. Which was okay. going to be my turn next. So I was going to get a round of magic up. Okay. The black orcs overran and hit the wizard, which was on the disc. <laughs> Uh-oh. I basically, <laughs> I basically had left like half an inch. That meant that they would cl- they would clip because I was as soon as they got into the warriors, I was like, oh shit! If that guy was over by like half an inch, he would not be able to hit me right now. But hilariously, um, in my next turn, in that round of combat with the black orcs, he held because he just challenged and then had a four up, four up. Okay. Um, and rolled like a four to stack or something like that. <laughs> rolled like a boss. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that's his cool. And in that turn, I got a good magic phase. So up until that point, my magic was a bit of a bust. I was getting things like rolling three dice to cast Hellfire and getting a really good cast. And Rob was basically like, right, I'm going to let that go because I can't really stop it. And then I'd roll the 2d6 hits on the spider and I would roll like a three. Uh, So it was just things like that. like just the magic in the rub. No, up until that point, it was a bit shit. So I ended up in this phase, though, I got... Uh, minus one res up on the spider and reroll to wound with the chosen knights. Well, that is sexy. So I, I think they did seven wounds, and he obviously stuck stubborn. But that was the spider's got eight, right? Eight wounds. Yeah, it's got ah, eight wounds. Motherfucker. 
but it was actually better because it meant that I killed the spider in his turn and reformed. Right, okay. So it meant that after his black orcs inevitably did kill my general. Sad face. <laughs> because it was a breakthrough, he wanted to get into my deployment. But it, when I reformed, I basically put them in my... So I would be charging him in his flank. Okay. And elsewhere, basically behind all this combat, the Chosen had gone through the goblins. And I think he thought I was going to march up and go for the secondary. But yeah. at this point, the ferals were coming round and they were just going to get in. So he was going to have two units. So there was no point in putting the Chosen in because I was going to lose. So basically what they did was after they smashed through the goblins, they reformed and turned round. Okay. Which gave them a pretty good charge on the back of the Black Orcs. So turn six, and up until this point, it was looking like quite a big loss. The Chosen Knights, because they had reformed, went into the flank of the Black Orcs. The Chosen went into the rear of the Black Orcs. And I just put everything into the unit because I was like, I need to wipe them out, because they're going to have bodyguards. I'll win on res, and I'll just chase down the two characters which were in there. So I think I basically picked up like 2,000 points, turn six. Okay. Which was pretty good. So at the end of the game, it came to a 10-10 on points, but he had the ferals in for breakthrough. So oh. it went to a 13-7. So it was a really good game. Tight. Yeah, I mean, I think going into it, I basically had said that if I get the matchups and magic isn't too swingy, I think I can win. But both armies are so close combat focused that it was always going to be really tight. And I think the big difference and advantage that he had was chaff. He basically just had more of it and it was more mobile. So like at one point in the game, I think I hellfired like one unit and killed four. And then one fled, rallied, and then he basically had it again for the setting up the charges turn four, so yeah. just little bits like that, I mean, might have made a bit of a difference, but um, it was a really tight game, it was really fun. I was kind of happy with that, and, and knowing that it was, I think we both killed like over 3,000 points for each other's army, which is exactly how I thought it was going to go, so it was good, I really Sweet. enjoyed it. That was 13-7 to 13-7 for Rob, yeah. Okay, cool. Right, Fraz, how's your game one go? I was playing Andrew Huntley's Dread Elves, so he had a dragon, two hydras, four chariots, and then lots of kind of MSU infantry units. Okay. So I didn't think it was a particularly good matchup. Everything outranges me. He's got lots of combo charges. So after I dropped two spear blocks, he just dropped everything right in front of the two spear blocks. <laughs> so it wasn't looking particularly good. Okay. So I put the Kingsguard to the left of them and the Dragon Seeker to the right, just uh, for counter-charging. So his turn one, he's lined up all his charges, goes into the spears, and it's just a big grind till I can get the Dragon Seeker and the Kingsguard free from just being chaffed. So that was basically what was happening in the middle. On the outside, it was a bit of a shoot-off. My Rangers and Bombers against his core units in Ravencloaks. Which I ultimately kind of lost, you know, strength 4 shouldn't be strength 3. Yeah. yeah picked him off over the, the turns. But in the middle, finally, he puts the Medusa in front of the Kingsguard. I've got the King in the corner unit, so he charges out into the flank of a Hydra. And I'm thinking, yeah, pretty good. Came on. <laughs> strength 7, AP 4, DC wounds, looking good. Done one wound. Ah. Uh, so I lost combat. Then his BSB and chariots 
you know, looking right at my king. So the charges in, king's dead. Fuck. Yes, <laughs> in the block, gone. Not look particularly good. Then on the other side of the dragon seeker, finally gets clear. Dragon kills the other unit, but because it's just been a long grind, they can't overrun or anything. So brilliant now, my dragon seeker is going to have some fun. Charge, dragon flees. Obviously, reputation precedes him. <laughs> Rosie's flee, lands right in front of the king's guard. Charge, <laughs> lands right in front of a bomber. Charge, lands in front of rangers. Charge off the table. So yeah, that was quite nice. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of luck I needed. After that, the king's guards are just kind of running away for a breakthrough. The dragon seekers turned round to get his spear block that are in my deployment zone. So I put the Dragon Seeker into the flank and the Rangers into the rear. They stick and hold. And strangely on turn six, instead of putting his crossbows in, which I thought he was going to do in Claim Secondary, he's charged a bomber. So I've just fled with the bomber and rallied it on my turn six. So he could have got secondary. Uh, okay. Just a bit of, you know, I think he could caught up trying to kill this bomber because it, it killed quite a lot of these. It killed these Medusa, the Ravencloaks, and... Save for vengeance. Seeing red. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's went for the grudge like a dwarf. <laughs> oh, I got a bit lucky with the dragon. Um, if I hadn't fled, if it fled a short distance, it wouldn't have bounced through the Hydras to the Kingsguard. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a wee bit of luck there, but at the same time... Uh, flew the bomber round and shot Hydra, took two wins off it and then looked at the other Hydra and it had two wins left. So I've, I've made a mistake there as well. Right. But yeah, it was quite a tight game. I thought at the start it was going to go a lot worse than a, a 12-8 which it ended up with everything just staying at the two spear blocks. Yeah. And, you know, plenty of chaff to kind of delay the King's Gardens and the Slayers. But probably went as well as it could have. Okay. So that, the, that was... the Hydras are pretty... Pretty tasty, yeah. Yeah, they've got four up regen, right? So was that when your king went in? Yeah, well, they're they're raised five. So when the king went in, I was like, brilliant. I'm, they were both grudged. I'm hitting on threes where I reroll, wounding on twos. He's just got his four up. I've got DC wounds, but didn't really move any of them. I think the strength three spears actually done more damage than the king. So, this is, you know, we've talked about this before. <laughs> See these four up regens, they are not 50 50. You'll get games where you'll make all of them and games where you make none of them. Yeah, it was, it's, it's nice to have the, the backup of the, a four up, then another four up. Yeah. Just for things like a, a Kelly King. Yeah, absolutely. So the 12 8 to Andrew, did, was that with secondary or was that drawed secondary? Tied. He had a. So I never. When the Dragon Seeker and Rangers went in, he passed his break test, so they stuck. And my king's guard were in his deployment, so it was a tie. Okay. Still decent, you know, these things are all about picking up points, so eight points out of a, a game that kind of went sideways on you is always good. Yeah, considering I was I was down quite heavily at one point, yeah, yeah I'll take it every day. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so you're on eight, Paul, you're on seven. What was the overall scores from the Wildlands versus Renegades? So, Ed played Ollie in Ollie's Infernal Dwarves. Yeah. And Ed picked up a big one. He got a 20. Red. Guillermo was playing Highborn Elves. He was playing Gareth. Yep. I believe he picked up a 16. Cool. 
Good so course. it ended up being a win for the Scottish Wildlings. Michael, can you remember Michael's result, Faz? I think Michael lost 13-7. Yeah, it was, it was a loss, but it wasn't a big loss. So I think that's just what made the difference. Where the two games we won, we won big. And then the other games we lost were fairly small. Split ones, yeah. So I think we won the round by only like six or eight points. Something like that. That's that's pretty big. And team took like, obviously this is just, you know, a bit of a laugh. But when teams are going against each other, if you win by, you know, five plus points, that's quite a big win. Yeah, so... I think at one point, I, I don't know if I was speaking to you, Fraz, but I think initially we might have thought we were going to lose because I knew I had lost. I knew Ed had won, but I think yeah. I didn't know Guillermo's score until the yeah. end. Yeah. Me and you finished uh, first, and uh, Guillermo was actually playing the table beside me, and it wasn't looking particularly good for him. And I went over, watched a bit of Michael's game, went back, and stuff had just evaporated from <laughs> <laughs> the elves. The vermin had just... I think it was a bit of catapults, and then they played Pendulum, had just taken their toll. Yeah, Guillermo had said to me that his catapults just went a bit bananas in that game, and just because the elves are obviously just toughness three, you just take yeah, them like off. Yeah, the Swordmasters, I think. Yeah. And then I think Gareth charged the block that had the, the Pendulum. I think he got into combat with something, and the, the Pendulum unit just wrecked it, whatever it was. That Pendulum's just nasty. So, yeah, Guillermo got a really good result. So we ended up winning, which was pretty awesome. Awesome. Because you got a really uh, swanky trophy. Well, this is it. So um, I think Rob had said to uh, Adam. So Adam is a really, really good painter. He was playing Orcs and Goblins. Ogre. Very nice. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was an ogre army, but he had kind of painted it up like kind of Orc and Goblin-esque because all the ogres yeah, were green the and he had got the big monsters that looked like uh, trolls and stuff. Uh, his, uh, his old four-child troll is just... Yeah, super nice. So basically, Rob had said to him, like, the beginning of the week, oh, maybe we should have a trophy. So he was like, oh, okay. So he basically had, like, four or five days to patch something together, and he made this really nice, like, diorama with a dragon and a unicorn. That's awesome. It's really nice. And it's got, like, a little, like, case for it, like a little display case. So we got a picture of the the triumphant wildlings holding that. It's pretty good. So... If you want um, to have a look, think, get on Twitter, because uh, it's up on the Twitter page. So yeah, it's on there Twitter somewhere. Page, yeah. So I think this is going to be like an ongoing thing now with, with the Vale guys. Next time there's a, a tournament, if there's a face-off between the two clubs, that'll be up for grabs. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Fun. Love it. Okay, so happy vibes from winning that, but got to get points now, lads. Game two. <laughs> Paul, who are you playing? You're so competitive. That totally wasn't my like, <laughs> attitude at all. Got to get points. All about the points. So, game two, I was up against another one of the old guys. This time it was Guillaume. Okay. And his Demon Legions. So, this time it was it was Counter Thrust again. I think I played Counter Thrust like two fucking times at this event. But it was Hold the Ground. Okay. Now, Guillaume's list... I'm going to get a lot of this wrong, because it's the fucking Demon Book. And <laughs> but he basically had two Omens of Savar both wizard masters, one on thaumaturgy and one on divination, which is an amazing setup because you've got so many nice spells that stack on top of one another. Right. He had a big unit of, I'm going to use the old names because I can't remember what the new ones are, a big unit of slaughterers. Okay. I mean, I want to say the other unit that the other omen was in were the uh, the, the lemurs, the res five guys. The yeah. mures. The mures or whatever. Cool. He had two hope harvesters, the volley guns. So you're getting good, Paul. 
You know, not bad. He had a unit of fiends. I think he had five fiends. Yep. He had some flying chaff. I want to say they're furies or harpies or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> and then two units of dogs, the hellhounds. Okay. And he had a unit of three crushers, whatever they are. Brazen beasts? Crushers. Brazen beasts. That sounds like that might be a thing. Yeah, okay, that let's go with that. And I think that was it. I don't know why you've trusted me, but Demon Legion names. <laughs> I mean, quoting Paul right there, he said Furies or some bullshit like that, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, you had a degree of certainty. You might be completely wrong, but you sound a lot more confident about it than I did. So, I think that was generally the list, and he kind of spread out. Uh, he had his two blocks in the middle, and then he had the chaff on either side, Hope Harvester's next, and then on one side he had the Knights, and on the other side he had the Fiends. Okay. So it was fairly balanced. It was hold the ground. Right next to the centre of the table, there was a, a building. So that was pretty good uh, for me because obviously he's got two volley guns and I've got a guy that flies around on disc. So I was basically using that as block and line of sight yeah. on his shoot. So that was pretty good. So I had the wretched ones in the middle and then with the warriors next to them and the chosen on that side. And on the other side, I had the Chariots with the Chosen Knights and Francis. Francis, FYI, for those who don't know, is a Forsaken one. He went, f- I think I rolled to go second, um, because I wanted him to move up towards me, so I stayed out of range a little bit for his shooting. Not a lot happened the first turn. Basically, he positioned the fiends, they were basically on my far right on the hill, and he got a charge off into the flank of the Wretched Ones, which are in the middle. And I want to say... Fiends do multi wounds against large. Uh, sure, that sounds right. Let's go with that. I think they either they either do multi wounds or they get a bonus against fighting large, whether it be plus one hit or plus one to wound or something like that. Okay. So they got into the flank. They did some damage, but obviously I'm unbreakable, so I didn't give a shit. So the <laughs> warriors flank charged them and they blew up. Uh, the warriors went through them. Uh, so it was nice. Got some points. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, I was pushing up with the knights, Francis, chariots, and chaff. The the kind of the big things of the game. Obviously, he was shooting at me. He was doing some wounds. I think the shooting took off one chariot. The unit that had one of the omens in charged Francis, and I want to say Francis fought this unit for like four or five rounds of combat. Right. Okay. <laughs> His omen could not kill him for nor love nor money. Like I was just making. He was rolling shit for his attacks, and I just kept rolling five ups because <laughs> he didn't have any flaming attacks. Right, okay. So he was getting super stressed out with his combat. Similarly, Hope Harvester on that side charged the chariot that was left. Right. And again, that was a pillow fight for like three or four rounds of combat. One of the nice things I like about uh, Demons is that they're all beasts. Yeah. So everything has yeah. good strides. So. I kept thinking, like, the chariots do impact hits and stuff, but I don't think they do, because they're beasts. Um, oh, is that so a thing? It might be a thing. Maybe they do have impact hits, but I, I don't know why that combat went on for as long as it did. I think I was just... What was he the was just rolling Hope Harvester. Hope Harvester. So Hope Harvester charged my regular vanilla chariot, and they fought for, like, three or four rounds. I want to say it was, like, two turns. Uh, the Hope Harvesters do not have impact hits, but the other ones do. Which probably helped considering he got the charge. So that was pretty good. So that was basically holding down his side. The three units of knights that he had ended up charging my knights. And I wasn't really worried about that. My knights should 
win that grind. Unfortunately, he got like three spells up. I think he got the breath weapon on the champion that he had. He either increased his strength or reduced my resilience. Well, they get the bonuses on the charge, don't they? Yeah. They get like and plus then, two attack, plus two strength. Yeah. Is that right? And then he had something else. So he ended up winning that combat. Um, I don't know if I broke immediately or, or in the next round, but basically he got that flank. Um, and inevitably he killed Francis in the end. But by that point, on the other side of the table, his big unit of slaughterer guys had came forward. They charged the remaining Forsaken ones. Eh, not Forsaken ones, Wretched ones. And I managed to do... I think I had been sniping out his omen in that unit. Okay. So I think I was pinking off wounds. Uh, he ended up getting the the wretched ones in the end but had done some damage and he reformed to look at the chosen which were on my side and he charged the chosen in he charged his unit into the chosen with the other hope harvester that seems uh, like a potential mistake uh, it was a potential mistake because i went first i think he had five slaughters left yeah after i swung and he basically just blew up with combat res did the so Omens do much damage to the Chosen? Because they've got quite a lot of attacks. Uh, if he right? was dead at that point, he was dead. So it was just the unit and the, the uh... thingy, the Hope Harvester. So actually that side of the table was looking really good because he had lost the Fiends, he had lost the Omen, he had lost the block, and the only thing he had left were the two units of Chaff or one unit of Dogs, Hellhounds. So because it was hold centre, the Warriors basically reformed to look kind of backwards because the stuff on his side was coming round the building and then the chosen were kind of marching up into the center so i had those two units left with the wizard as it turned out in the end i think he won on points 14 6 but i actually won the secondary or no i couldn't have been that i basically won 11 9 uh, okay, so won he won 10. 12 but then you got the secondary yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so um again super bloody game he was throwing everything he had, trying to kill my wizard on the disc. Like, he was putting spells up on the Hope Harvester that was left. He was getting spells through. It was that awkward situation where he's got, like, three missiles, and I have to let one or two through, and I have to choose which one not yeah. to let through. Knowing that he's still got a volley gun that can do shots. So I think he got him down to one wound, uh, but couldn't kill him. <laughs> so that was pretty good. In fact, did he kill him? Maybe he did. I can't remember. I want to say he didn't. But either way, it ended up being an 11-9 to me. And I think, I think knowing the book now a little bit more now that I've played the army, I would have played a little bit differently. I think that was part of the problem from my perspective was I thought things yeah. were maybe scarier than they actually were. I think like, that's natural, though, the first time you play a book. Yeah, I think on, on my right side, I would have just marched everything up and been like, come fight me. And on the other side, I might not have been as aggressive, but I think I had failed a couple of charges. So if the Chosen Knights had got their charge off, they probably would have taken his knight unit, kind of reformed, and then came in to the to the middle of the board from that side but yeah. it was a good game uh, Game's a really good player um, so Game's a very get, good player you should be very happy with that result that, I was really yeah. happy but it was a tough game it was there was a lot of hard decisions around magic like the, the demon magic base is so good especially with that many spells it's really really hard to try and work out what to let through and what not to let through okay. Just yeah I was happy did Game say anything about how he was finding the new book he didn't. He did say that that game was he found really hard. Okay. But I think part of that was me being a bit lucky with the Francis combat lasting so long and, right. and holding up that block. I think in hindsight he probably wouldn't have chose chosen to charge the chosen block. And I think he had opted to charge with the fiends to soften up the wretched ones, knowing that if the wretched ones get into the block with uh, Omina Savar, they could just explode. Yeah. So I think that was a tactical. 
uh, decision to soften them up, and then it meant that they could come in and finish them off, and that's like almost 600 points he's getting. So yeah. No, he was a really good player. Uh, very good with his movement, and he's a conscientious player as well in that he's marking units and he's measuring everything out, and he knows that he can get a unit to where he needs it to be before he actually picks up and moves it, which is nice yeah. for, for the opponent. So, no, it was a good game. It was stressful, but uh, it was good. I wasn't expecting to get a win out of it uh, halfway through the game just because my left side had descended into fucking shit. Uh, but in the centre, that was like a big big change, so it was good. Enjoyed it. Awesome. So, what's that, 18 points? Two yeah, games? 7 from the first, 11 from the second, so I'm around average, so yeah. I was pretty happy. Okay. Uh, Fraz, how'd your game to go? I was playing uh, Joe, who's Tyranno, the Infernal Dwarfs ah, okay. uh, community support. So he actually had a need to give a shout out to his army. I think he said he'd sculpted every single beard in it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's praise from a, a non-Infernal Dwarf. That's high <laughs> yeah. praise. It's the only yeah. thing they agree on. It, it, it actually looked really nice. Um, he'd kit-bashed ev- everything. I think he said he'd only, because he'd kit-bashed everything, he'd only had three or four days to paint it. But once that army's painted up, it'll look really good. Anyway, he was running um, a big block of 40 warriors with a prophet in the BSB with the icon of Boom in it. He had... 11 Citadel Guards with the Flintlock Axes, 4 Torok Anointed, uh, Congolina Lugers, an Infernal Engine, the Bound Demon Mortar, and 2 Bolt Killers. So, okay. like Paul said, it was hold centre. We actually had a table that was, it was actually like a mirror image. So, oh. right hand side of my deployment, I had a, a hill. The left hand side, I had a forest. And in the middle, I had an impassable. And then just on the flip side, uh, he had the exact same. So the centre was actually in the middle of two pieces of impassable train, hmm. which helped me because I just marched the Kingsguard right there and sat yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did not want to go near it. And uh, I sat spear block each side of the impassable, and he was quite happy to sit off and you know trade points shooting with the mortar and the cannon. And the shoot me. I was kind of happy to take it because. What I was doing is I was moving the Seekers around, and then by the time we realised what I was doing, I had a flank charge along his army with the Dragon Seeker. Yeah. At this point, he's realised I'm on the hill, I'm on the flank, looking at Toruk, that he can't move because the spear block's right in front of it with the BSB and the Runesmith, and if they charge, he's probably not going to get the best of it. So he sat there, but he moved the engine and the bound demon up, so he started pushing them away so the monster seeker couldn't get in. But he just went in and totally wrecked that unit. Um, he killed, uh, before they even got swing, he killed all four Toruk. Wow. So, jeez. Oh, <laughs> it was not bad. <laughs> Is it the incarnates that fly? The kids get by. Yeah. The little incarnates, yeah. Yeah, so they're up at um, the anvil. They've kind of just been dancing about the one of the spear blocks. Um, the anvil's unbreakable, so I get a flank charge with the spears. They take off the incarnates, reform. And he's got the Citadel Guard there, so I've charged the Citadel Guard, overran into his Infernal engine. I've got a charge off with the King's Guard, and he's. King's Guard have taken off the Bound Demon, overran into the Infernal engine, taking the Infernal engine. <laughs> I've reformed, and now the Seekers are one side. And the King's Guard have a charge on his rear, 
of his 40 Warriors, which is all left at this point. None of this sounds good. <laughs> no. Uh, the Kingsguard one is a year. Uh, sorry, at first, um, on my turn five, I had to put the Seekers in because the Kingsguard weren't quite within range for a, a decent charge. So I decided not to risk it, put the Kingsguard in the front. Uh, sorry, the Seekers in the front. And I've just, again, the Dragon Seekers melted his profit. And he kills the full unit of Seekers, but the Dragon Seeker's still there. He's unbreakable, he doesn't care. So his uh, turn five, uh, I show a challenge. I, I don't think he accepted. Okay. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't kill the Dragon Seeker anyway. So that then lines up the, the rear charge for the Kingsguard to make it. And at this point, he just called it. He's got 27 Kingsguard. They took no wounds off the engine or the demon. He's the King's actually done his job this time, killed some stuff with these three wounds. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't looking good. It was 27 Kingsguard and a King in the front, eh, in the rear, Dragon Seeker in the front, and they just, we had two rounds of combat to play, so they just called it. So I've taken his full army. I've lost a bomber and 189 points of Seekers. <laughs> well. <laughs> Less than 400 points for 4,900 points. So I was quite happy with that. It ended up a, a 20 because I just marched this, the other spear block up onto the secondary, so... Yeah, I think he just got a bit complacent, thinking he could outshoot me and outmagic me. Um, without kind of, I think he just kind of thought this is what I'll do and wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. Right. And by the time he's realised, it's just it's too late. Well, twenty points is very tasty. Um, so fun guy to play against, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He seems to love his infernos. So always good nice to yes. Yeah, it was nice to play somebody who was quite passionate about their army. Um, I think he was... Because um, you used to play against us and we fucking hit her back. <laughs> ah, I love that book. What are you talking about? <laughs> apart, from, apart from Andrew and VC, which is unsurprising. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, he was a nice guy to play. Awesome. So 20 points is very nice. So that's you on 28. So you really need to get the finger out here, Paul. You know, you're representing the, the show. <laughs> so uh, game three, day one. Paul, who are you playing against? So I ended up playing one of Fraz's comrades, uh, a dwarf player. I was playing uh, oh, Terry Flaherty. Oh, Terry. Yeah. Terry's a good guy. So <laughs> I think you guys are all like in a club, right? You have to say that. <laughs> no, Terry was really cool. Um, I don't think he was having a very good tournament up until that point. He seemed a bit down. Right. So it was counter thrust. No, it wasn't. It was attack defender this time. Bit of variety, and it was spoils of war for the secondary. Okay. So I think Terry had he had two big spear blocks. He had two rune smiths, one in each unit, and he had a I can't remember his characters. He had a general and a BSB that didn't really do very much. He had two cannons. He had two units of miners. He had two units of rangers. He had two units of two copters. That might be a net. Okay. Two units of miners, two units of rangers? Yeah, I think so. Quite a small army. He had... Oh, did he have the... Didn't have the anvil. He had two runesmiths and he had the banner that allowed him to take another spell. Yeah. So he had a lot of runes and he had doubled up uh, on most of them. So... It was hold center. No, it wasn't. It was spells of war. So basically, I went for first turn. I just dropped after a certain point. 
and was like, I'm just going to push and I'm going to take two. I don't care if you take the other one because you're going to lose the secondary and I'm just going to hold on to them. And I'm, my goal was to pick up the copters and like the small blocks and just go for like a 14-6 win or something like that Okay. and just deprive him points. The only thing I had to be careful of was getting caught out and then him getting a good magic phase and the cannons as well. His cannons were fucking dreadful. Like, this totally vindicates your opinion on War Machines, Fraz, because <laughs> I think in the game, his cannons hit once, and the one time it hit and wounded, I make like, it was either, he was either shooting the Forsaken one, which made the five up roll, or it was the wizard who made his four up roll. So I think the cannons did hee haw that game. That sounds like statistically average from my experience. <laughs> <laughs> so in the centre, he basically had the unit that had three characters in one of the big spear blocks, and then everything else he basically had on my left side. So he had nothing on the right. He had nothing to contest that token. So I basically just marched the Chosen Knights up. They took that, turn two, and looked into the centre. On my far left, I basically pushed up the dogs to basically block the line of sight on the crossbow guys, the rangers. And then the Chosen moved up to contest that one. And in the centre I moved up the Wretched Ones, and they were going to just, if he was going to be super aggressive and push his middle block up, they were just going to go in and and pin it and just basically hold them there for two or three turns while the Warriors could go after the middle one. So he had a bit of bad luck on my left. The I want to say Yes, this definitely happened. This isn't bullshit. <laughs> One of the units of dogs, when they marched up, they didn't use their release the hound rule. Okay. So my turn two, they charged with devastating charge a unit of rangers. They won that combat and they broke and ran away. Wait, dogs won a combat? Yeah, and now this is a testament to how bad Terry's dice were. I don't game. believe you. This isn't a testament to how OP dogs are. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I think the the chosen hit a copter unit and killed it and it panicked the other block so leadership 9 or 10 with a reroll failed it <laughs> fucked off so that was like right okay so the chosen are basically on that side of the table with not really much to fight so they were ba- I think they killed whatever unit it was I think it was the copter unit overran and hit a, a ranger unit and then basically most of the game was the rest of the game was pretty quiet I'd say like there wasn't really any huge combats um I basically picked up the tokens from the middle and the far right with the, with the Warriors and the, and the Chosen Knights. The Chosen didn't pick up the token on their side because I was initially going to just run around and go for these little small 10-man blocks and pick up points. But he rallied and reformed. And basically, they got into a position where the Chosen were in a potentially position where they could get stuck. And I wasn't happy because they were out on their own on that flank. Okay. So I opted just to kind of keep their points. And like I say, I didn't need the token on that side anyway because yeah. I had to. So I basically just pulled them back. The shooting wasn't doing anything with the 10-man blocks. He basically, when he came on with the two miners, he came on on his side behind where the rangers were because I think he just thought, I'm just keeping points as well. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dropping them off where they can get fucking hit. The wretched ones ended up in combat with the, with the spear block in the middle. I think he inevitably got that unit, but uh, they took some dwarves with them. And I basically just stayed away from him for the rest of the game, and I was just sniping him out. So I think turn one or two, I got the snipe that targets multiple characters in a unit. Okay. So I got a wound off his uh, general BSB, and I think I must have killed the champion. 
and then like turn five, I think I actually killed his king, got the d3 snipe through, so got those points. And that block basically didn't do anything else, his spear block in the middle, because everything else was basically just staying out of the way. And if he had committed to hitting the warrior unit, the chosen knights were basically just going to come in and hit them in the flank. So he was going to lose a lot more points, I think. I think he was just thinking, right, I'm just going to conserve points now and I'll see if the cannons pick off yeah stuff. So I think he got Francis in the end. I think one of the the other second unit of copters and the small arms fire, I think, were just plinking off wounds. And I think he got him. But I got the secondary and it was a small win to me. So I think it ended up being a 12-8 in the end. So, like I say, he wasn't having a great tournament. And he kind of he kind of apologised at the end and was like, "Sorry, that was a bit of a shit game." And I was like, "Well, it's like, half of that was just your shit dice. The cannons were awful. His spear block probably shouldn't have panicked." But yeah, beyond that, I mean, he was getting like his magic phase was so good. He had the devouring uh, ruin. Yeah. So after I got the multiple snipe off turn one or two, he basically ate that. So I only had the one snipe left. But like I say, I ended up getting the king, which was good. But he was getting like he was stacking like minus one to wound, and, you know, minus one to hit, and all that on blocks. And I was like, "There's no way I'm going into that." Yeah, because I've been burned before. <laughs> so it was good. I mean, I was happy I got a win. It was a small win, but um, dwarves are, are are a tough matchup, so I was happy to get a win out of that. So yeah, quite points pleased. be points. Yeah, so it was the first win of the of the tournament as well. So oh, I, you beat game get points. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, it was second one of the day, so I was even happier. Um, <laughs> I think that put me at, like, 30 points, which was exactly average, so I was okay with that. Yeah. I had a goal for the tournament that I wanted to get at least 50, so yeah. I was on track to do that at least, so that was good to work. Absolutely. Okay, for us, your game three, who were you playing against? I was playing against um, the absolute master himself. Oh, <laughs> the big daddy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't bring myself to call him daddy there. I was going to call him back daddy, but I just couldn't do it. Nah, it's wrong in so many levels. It's wrong until you play him, and yeah. then it's all right. Well, I was looking, I was really looking forward to playing Nav. I met him before, when I was playing the Masters Open. He obviously won the Masters. He's a nice guy. He was bringing warriors instead of orcs and goblins. So I suppose that kind of worked in my favour. I knew an army, or an army plays less anyway. Mm. So, like Paul said, it was a spoils of war. We just had, I played a similar list at Midlands when Tim brought the full cavalry, cavalry list. Yeah. So I knew what to expect from it. I decided I'm only going to contest two of these because if I spread too thin, he's just going to pick me off. And it was just not particularly good matchup, I thought. So he dropped for first. He spread his army right across the table, which was ideal because basically... A forsaken one, or unit of fallen, and a unit of chosen knights were now the wrong side of an impassable terrain where I was going to put absolutely no units. Yeah, they just out of the game. Yeah, so they were out of the game for three or four turns. I actually think I dropped a unit of rangers over there just as redirectors, mm. just to delay them even longer. As far as I was concerned, I was playing in two-thirds of the board and just not interested. <laughs> this is how I play every game, so this is very good. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it's a dwarf thing, because it seems Terry done very similar. <laughs> Just being miserable people. <laughs> the deployment suited me. Um, I put the Seekers in front of a spear block, marched the Kingsguard up onto one of the tokens. So he took a charge into the Seekers, which is what I wanted them to do. 
So it was a big unit of barbarians with a giant. And the way he had to maximise the dragon seeker was in contact with his sorcerer. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, he challenged with his um, champion. And I had to accept because... I was stupid and forgot for a champion in the... But it worked out fine because then wipes the unit. Dragon Seeker still standing. The spear block now has absolutely nothing in its way to charge in front. And I think my... I was feeling pretty confident about it. Strength 4, AP3 in a charge with the spears. Triple lightning on the the BSB. And now the Dragon Seeker's in... It's contact with the giant, so before the giant swings, dragon seeker kills it, then he hits me, then I just hit wipe back him. and I wipe. Yeah. Wipe, I want to say, half to three quarters of the unit, overrun the catch it, so it's looking good. Now I've got a giant seeker looking at the one of the forsaken ones, the one that's on the, the side of the board I care about. The king's guard are looking at a unit of chosen knights who have other token on the board that I care about, so with the spears and the king's guard are just pushing them into a corner and he's just running away with this token. Yeah, the fell jakes are chewing the other spear block, but I'm fine with that because it's keeping them out of the, the game as well. And the other forsaken one has came round by this point in time, but it's on the anvil, so it's not really a massive threat. Right. For the rest of the game, I'm just squeezing them. And then his at turn six... He makes a long charge. Classic enough. <laughs> and he gets the Feldjakes into the spear block. But they bounce. I don't kill the full unit. So they bounce. I don't, char- I, I don't pursue. Because I want to keep the Chosen Knights in there. In my turn six, I charge the Chosen Knights. Wipe the unit. Because I've got the spears in the flank. And the King's Guard in front of them. Okay. So he drops a token. We end up tying one each of the tokens. But thinking back, he couldn't have been marching away from me with the Chosen Knights because he doesn't have three ranks. But, <gasps> yeah. Controversy. Uh, yeah, it's my fault. I've completely forgot. So I get a 13-7. I've taken enough points. And I've conserved the King's Guard of the King and the Spear Block with the characters, which is like 2,500 yeah, points. Yeah, a big chunk. Yeah, so it went quite well. Nav probably didn't need to play as aggressive as he did. Um, I think that's just how Nav plays, though. I don't think yeah, that's his style. That's just like a life philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I think if he'd taken Hellfire and Alchemy Magic Missiles and sat back, he could have. His magic phase is probably stronger than my shooting if he does that. Right. And he doesn't need to push at me, then I need to push at him, and he's got all the combo charges, and I'm, I'm struggling. But before the game, I was a bit nervous. I thought it was going to be one of these games where he's just going to pick me off, but after deployment, I was a bit confident. Um, Do you remember what spells he took, Chris? He took... um, Who knows? You've just asked a dwarf player about the magic phase. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. He took the silver spike, which is the one that I didn't really want going off into the copters. Yeah. I want to say two combat buffs, but even though there is two combat buffs... Yeah, Probably would have taken Word of Iron, which is plus two armor, and he would have yeah. taken the... Yeah. And he took the, the, the permanent one. The Hex, yeah, the Corruption of Tin. Yeah, yeah so... Okay. I was wondering if he took that one or not. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, That's so a tasty would, one. Yeah, that was the one that I always worry about. Andrew's taught me not to let that through even yeah. once for Devouring. Yeah, it's a good target for Devouring, actually. Yeah, because I remember I played 
you previously you've taken alchemy and I've used devouring on it and just even that once is enough to make a difference in yeah. quite a lot of situations. But uh, yeah, it was a good game. Nav's a again a really good guy to play. I was kinda of expecting the worst, but glad I got a win. So you're on thirty three, is that right? Um no forty one because I just take away one from my final score. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, 41. So you're doing really well, and I can't do maths, so that's good. Uh, so were there any shenanigans on the, the Saturday night? What happened Saturday? Oh, we got a lift with Tim, eh, into town. Yeah. Timbo. Yeah, we spent, like, what felt like an eternity on the roads of Bristol trying to figure out where the fuck the hotel was. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Tim would be a good driver for um, ETC because he's already really familiar with driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Oh, I feel like there's drama there that's not being explained. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll leave it there. there. <laughs> there was a bit of roadworks, and uh, it wasn't immediately clear as to what was going on. Fortunately, the roads were pretty quiet when uh, Fraz pointed out that Tim was driving down the wrong side of the road. <laughs> was that a roundabout he turned onto the wrong way? It was the exit onto the roundabout. Oh, we've all so done that, that, right? An interesting moment. <laughs> yeah, Tim wasn't having a good day one. I think he was. There was a lot on his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he'd had it rough. Yeah. So for like the rest of the guys, so Tim had a bit of a, a rubbish day one. Uh, Deej uh, had a bit of a rubbish day day one, didn't he? Uh, yeah. What about the other wildling guys? G did pretty well, right? Yeah, G had a, a strong day. Uh, he was. I think he, he was, was three wins, you, right? Perhaps. Yeah, I think he was on 45 or 46. He was, sorry, 44, because I think he was three ahead of him. Yeah, that sounds right. Solid. Yeah, so he was pretty good. And then Ed had a really strong day one. He had obviously won 20 nil his first game. Did he get a 20 in the second game or like an 18 to 18? Yeah. I think he got 18 in the second game, yeah. Yeah, he played uh, against the KOE list, I think. Was that game two I or think, three? I uh, think game three was the KOE list. I think he got a small win, maybe a 12-8. After yeah. secondary, I think he got in the third game. Yeah, so Ed was like up in the table two, I think, going into like day two. And yeah. uh, Michael? Yeah. Michael didn't have a great day, but I think he had, I think he lost all of his games, but I don't think they were all big losses. I okay. think he was still picking up points like me. I think he had maybe one bad game. I think the other one he was still getting points. So He was in and around... Where I was, maybe, maybe like twenty odd points. I, I think like he, I think he had a his second game it was a, a rough time, but I think his first and last game he, he got kind of small losses. So he was picking up points, which is all you can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Okay, so Saturday you just kind of chilled. Yeah, no we, shenanigans. We we kind of all met up and uh, back at the hotel, and then we went for dinner. We tried to go to Frankie and Benny's. Fraz's phone told us was 10 minutes away, which definitely wasn't 10 minutes away. <laughs> okay. It was like 25 minutes away. I think we got there and it was rammed, so we ended up going somewhere else for food. So we just got food and chatted about day one. I think we knew who we were playing by that point. I think okay. we hung around to get matchups, so we were talking about how we thought that was going to go. So let's just dive straight back in then. So day two, Paul, who are you playing? So day two, I'm playing another Vale guy. I'm okay. playing Ollie as Infernal Dwarves. Oh, nice. So it was pretty good. So did a bit of studying, checked his. Yeah. There was a bit. There was a bit of a 
controversy actually um, because it turned out that I think there were quite a few mistakes <gasps> in points dun, dun, dun. when they did the initial draw. So they had to redo the draw. Oh, okay. The next morning. So when we went in day two, I think a lot of us were like, oh, it's not going to be who we thought it was going to be necessarily. Because I think, like, if, for instance, Guillermo, I don't think his points were right. I don't think they had him down as having enough. Yeah, they, they gave um, Guillermo four points instead of 16 points for his first game. So, you know, he's basically been cheating. And that's why he had him. <laughs> yeah, so we were kind of hanging about to see what the new draw was going to be. But fortunately for me, um, it nothing changed. So I was playing Ollie. So that was cool. Cool. Happy to play another Veil guy. It was Counter Thrust once again. And this time it was Secure Target for the secondary. So all he had, uh, what did he have? For core, he had like three units of uh, flintlock guys. He had the engine that had the guns on it. So he had the paint train. He had a unit of Torok anointed. He had a unit of Torok. And he had a unit of, what what are the flaming flying guys called? Uh, The Kadim and Kadim. Yeah, unit of them. He had some chaff. He had a couple of like goblin guys and wolves. And he had a alchemy mage, and then he had I think the alchemy mage was probably the general, and then he had a BSB as well, hanging out in one of the flintlock units. So how did the how did deployment work? He basically looking at the table from my perspective, he had the Torok and the Anointed, the Kadim sorry, the Kadim incarnates on my left, on the edge of his deployment zone, and then he had flintlocks, then he had the engine with the anointed and then another unit of Flintlocks. So I basically put the Chosen opposite the Kadim Incarnates because that was one of the matchups I wanted and I also got the Warriors across from the Torok because I figured even if they charge me, I swing first and yeah. with the amount of attacks I've got, I should wipe half that unit. Oh, so cool. I should win that. So quite happy with those matchups. And in the centre I had the Wretched Ones, I had the Chariots, I had the Chosen Knights and I had Francis and a unit of dogs with the wizard hiding behind the wretched ones. Okay. So I think I dropped for second, and I deployed so that he was completely out of range with his shooting, so he had to waste a turn to move up. So the only thing he could do turn one was throw some spells at me. I think he ended up killing a chosen knight. I think he got um, silver spike. I think that was one I let through, because that's only ever got like a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I think that's always the one that you've got to kind of let go in that situation. Yeah, so... He got that off, killed the knight, it was fine. Still got four left. My turn one, basically what I did was march the dogs up, chaffed the Torok so they weren't getting an overrun, marched up the warriors so that if he did want to charge them, I could charge him. And with the Chosen, I marched them up so that they were in frenzy check range of the Kadim Incarnates. Okay. And then in the middle, I just kind of moved the Wretched Ones with a random movement into a position where I wasn't committing them, but they were moving up enough that if I did want to commit them my turn two, they could potentially hit something if he was going to be aggressive and come towards me. Right. And then I moved Francis out onto my far right so that if he comes forward, I can potentially get rounds behind him or I can send him into like one of the little 10-man blocks and start picking off score and stuff. Fortunately for me turn two, his incarnates failed their frenzy. They're going in. They went into the Chosen, and the, I think the Chosen, yeah, the Chosen went first, killed them all, bar one guy, 
I think he maybe did three or four wins back, and then they just blew up and died. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Um, the Torok didn't take the bait, so they turned round and moved away. <laughs> Quite sensibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which meant that he basically surrendered that token on that side of the board, which is pretty good. So I basically formed up. Um, if you imagine in the centre there was a building, so on my left side I had the Chosen and the Warriors coming round with a unit of dogs, and then on the other side of the building I had the Wretched one. So I was basically sweeping round that sides, side of the table. Yeah. Basically what he did was he just redeployed, so he basically took that corner and formed his gun line. And I th- think there weren't really any combats happening in the middle or elsewhere on the board, because I think he was way about committing too early and he wanted his guns to do a bit of work first to try and soften me up which was makes sense so I want to say that maybe turn 4 after 2 more turns of shooting in magic I think he got the chosen down to like 3 guys so like 6 wounds Okay. Um, at which point they very smartly turned around and marched the fuck away from yeah, everything else save the points save the points so he didn't actually get them down to the point where he was getting half which was huge because it meant that he had wasted two or three turns shooting and magic in something that didn't get any kind of payoff. Yeah. So that was quite good. Uh, so I was lucky he didn't get any more wounds through. Basically, we got into a situation where he had kind of came forward because I was kind of spreading out in the middle. So I think he was moving forward to pressure me and to secure the other token on that side. But I think what happened was the Turok Anointed came forward, but because where I had Francis, he basically did his 360-degree turn and came back. <laughs> so he was now in their flank, and Uh-oh. previously the Chosen Knights had turned round and moved away. Now they had turned back round and moved forward. So it was like I had effectively pinned him, and he thought he was pinning me. And in the middle, the Wretched Ones kind of moved up into the centre so that the pain train basically had to decide on what he was going to shoot or charge. Was he going to focus on the knights, focus on Francis, or focus on the the wretched ones? This is where the game kind of slowed down, and I think we didn't actually play turn six, um, because I think on his turn four, he made the decision to turn round the Torah anointed and move back. Now, unfortunately, because of my positioning, where Francis was, I needed like an 11 to hit him in the rear, and we... I think we took about half an hour talking about how we thought that was going to go because if Francis gets in and takes that unit, that's game. Because um, that's like almost 800 points. So you need an 11 on three dice to get in, right? Yeah, you need an 11 on three dice to get in. So we worked out it's going to be a charge in the rear. Yeah. I have a rank because I'm a monster. Yeah. Paul, um, you definitely win that. Yeah, so we worked yeah. out that <laughs> I should probably win that. So I think once we worked that out, he was starting to swither. He was like, oh, maybe I don't want to turn around. Maybe I just want to keep me in the front. If he had done that, though, it was going to be combo charges. So the Chosen Knights would have went in and Francis would have went in the flank. And that probably wouldn't have been good either because the Chosen Knights were still pretty healthy at this point. So he made the decision to move back and then focus like magic and shooting and try and weather me down so that that becomes a lot less likely because I think Francis was on full points at this stage, full health points. So... What basically happened was, when he moved around, he had his magic phase, and there was one spell I had to stop, which was Word of Iron. I saved all my dice, and inevitably, I failed to dispel. <laughs> Classic pull. Classic. So I was like, fuck, okay. So now they've got like a two-up armor save. That's not good, but still, 
hopefully I should still get half points. Fine. Uh, so you're so, AP2, right? Yeah, AP2. Uh, so it's, he's still getting enough very dicey. But this is it. So we're committed at this stage. So I'm like, right, this is last turn. So I'm just going all in. It's, it's looking like it's going to be a draw. I'm not going to win the tournament. I want to try and pick a point. Try this because if this works, this is going to be a big one. So Francis goes in, makes it. Like, okay, good. He strikes me. I think he does maybe two or three wins, max. I roll my d6. I roll a one. I'm like, fuck. Perfect. <laughs> Unfortunately, as well, at this point, I didn't get any magic off on him. So I wasn't getting rerolls to wounds, and I didn't get off the minus one res on, on his unit. So magic didn't go my way. The d6 roll didn't go my way. And I think we... I want to say... We either won by one or we drew. I think I might have. I think we might have drawn that combat. Yeah. And he basically reformed and killed me on his, his turn. Um, we were talking about it later on though, and it was like, I wonder if I had like even won by one, would you have made your check? And he rolled it out, and he <laughs> he drove like two elevens. I was like, oh man. Right. <laughs> that would have been glorious if I had actually came off. So because Francis had went in, I had to commit the wretched ones into the tank uh, to basically pin that because. He was basically going to get that in, uh, to the knights, either focus the shoot, which would erect the knights because he's doing like multiple wounds or combo charges. So the wretched ones went into this tank and just ground it. Um, he wasn't doing very much wounds to me. I was maybe only doing one wound to him a turn, just looking for sixes to wound. And inevitably, what happened was the Torok, which had moved away from that side, they charged the flank for the wretched ones. And I think he thought he was going to wipe me. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's a good idea. But he didn't, and unfortunately, it came down to like the last turn of the game, and it was the one dwarf that popped out and did the last wounds on the last wretched one, and I was like, for fuck's sake, you're kidding me. Like, <laughs> I almost kept half points for that unit, and it was this one little shitty guy with like a strength 3 attack. Um, so, it ended up losing Francis, losing the wretched ones, uh, I kept the knights, and the wizard just moved away, uh, kept points. So we drew the secondary, and I went down 12-8, I think. So, a good game, though. Really enjoyed it. Ollie's a really nice guy. It was good. Just didn't get that little bit of luck yeah. that I needed. Still, picking up points. There's been yeah. no, no major disasters yet. No major disasters, no. <laughs> okay, so, uh, eight, so you're on 38. Yeah, on 38. So, Quick half points is still within reach. It is, yep. Very reachable. Just need a 12. Okay, so you're going into your final game. Uh, mm-hmm. Fraz, how was your game four? Um, I was against Slatch. Oh. I had no idea what he was playing because I originally get paired against one of the Veil guys, Rob. Okay. And he's watching goblins. So, yeah, I had no idea what Slatch was running. He was late, so I didn't even get to see his army before. And he, started, he pulled his army out, and it was Majillion Centaurs. I was like, <laughs> right, this is going to be so much fun. So, deployment, he put his penny in a corner. I put my full army on the penny. <laughs> Fuck you, this is my penny. <laughs> <laughs> because I did not want to come out and play and just risk getting combo charged. <laughs> Slash just looked at me with a look of disgust for the third person out of four games to corner against me. And to be fair, if you bring a centaur list, you absolutely... Yeah, I know. What, you, what are you against. expecting? So I sat there, traded some shooting with the rangers and the bombers, and eventually... He won that, so he had taken off two units of rangers and two bombers. I had to keep stopping to Temic summon because I didn't want it 
coming on, there was a wee gap that kind of came on it, and he was just chilling how the Seekers, so eventually it's just a Dragon Seeker sitting there pretending, uh, protecting my back line, because I had every unit facing backwards, and then the Skirmish Seekers just in a line behind them, facing, <laughs> waiting on any ambushers. <laughs> so at this point, my plan's starting to go wrong, because I now have nothing really there, just the anvil. Um, it's still too small a gap, really, for a unit of wild horns, so I'm still quite comfortable. Um, and then I was stupid and broke the castle too early. And for 135 points or something like that, a gargoyles. Oh no, did you take the bait? <laughs> so yeah, I took, the, I took the bait. I knew he was baiting me, but I thought the way... I, I don't know what I thought actually, to be honest. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the way the overrun was going to go, it was going to be a bit more favourable. And then when I'm charged, I realised it really wasn't. <laughs> and the world just charges you next turn. <laughs> <laughs> so actually it wasn't too bad but it let one of the centaur units do shenanigans and get in between the unit and the board edge uh, in his mm. next turn so it's not looking brilliant so at this point I'm like right I need to I can't stay here I need, to, I need to go for it taking off the dragon seeker now chilling hill so I'm down uh, like 1300 points is it Chilling Hill or is it uh, Swarm Insects that he's casting? Uh, sorry, Swarm Insects. The yeah, because yeah, it's Wounding in Sixes, but it doesn't matter because I've got, got six up pages. So yeah, it's he just, does like 5d6 hits as well. Yeah, game, so. yeah it's, just, it's just chipping away. It's three or four guys, three or four wounds every turn. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nasty against Seekers, actually. I, I did underestimate it. That I was too focused on the, the summon for obvious reasons. Yeah, I've been burned before by uh, Swarm Insects. It's easy to do. Yeah, so at this point, I'm just like, okay, I need to go for it. Don't catch anything. The block with the Hogstone, I feel like that's the one that can possibly take a combo charge. So he's still sitting at the penny, and the way he's lined it up, he's got, he brings his Bayer Beast on to chaff it, brings a unit of Centaurs up, he's got Wild Horns that have just arrived behind it. So I oh dear. <laughs> charge the Bayer Beast, get the overrun into the flank of the wild horns so it was looking good okay until he got break spirit off which i couldn't stop so i rolled the dts and i think between the charge and the overrun i lost i lost definitely more than half the unit oh and fuck i've now lost like i want to say 16 17 spear dwarfs for a briar beast <laughs> These, <laughs> these trades are not looking good. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good. So the centaurs got to the rear. Um, I've got the wild horns in my front. Caught the hold stone. So I've got less than three ranks. So everything's going into the centaurs. I get. I've got the grudge on that unit centaurs, and I get rerolled to wound off. So he kills like twelve dwarfs, but I kill. A lot of centaurs. Yeah, you um, do it. The lightning with the rerolls and the spears, and he wins by two. So I've got a rerollable seven. And the way I've lined the Kingsguard up for the counter charge, they're going into the flank of the centaurs. So feeling quite good about it. Fail the rerollable seven. So that's been lost secondary, lost a lot of points in that unit. I think it's about thirteen hundred points roughly. And the Kingsguard aren't going to pick up the Centaur or Wildhorn unit. And at this point, 
uh, we just call it because the only charge I now can make is a Titanic because I had to let one on to stop the breaking spirit. Right. So yeah, there's no point in me even declaring the charge. So called it, lost 19-1. To be fair, Slatchy just punished the mistake pretty brutally yeah. of me breaking because I, I broke on turn three or four and it was just too early and, you know, he just he done everything right and just punished me. Uh, I did underestimate the thrown weapons. I thought the copters would be a bit more resilient, but I lost. Oh, it's strength four, though, right? And the thrown weapons, the chip away. Yeah, but it's strength, yeah, it's strength five in the characters, though, which I hadn't accounted for. Uh, of course. Yeah, so that there's a character. So by turn two, I've lost both both copters and a unit of rangers, and then next turn, lose other unit of rangers. So probably panicked a wee bit, thinking, oh, I'm down. You know, yeah, I need 12, to get points. Twelve hundred points. Let's just go for it. I knew it was a bad matchup. I should have just chalked it down as a, a loss and tried to lose as small as possible. Instead, I uh, kind of went for the points and yeah, like I said, Slats just done his stuff. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that he would have been a bit more hungover than he was. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he, turned, he turned up for a McDonald's breakfast and he got a an egg McMuffin and he added. Two bits of sausages, two bits of bacon, extra egg. <laughs> this thing was a monster. <laughs> it was huge. So I was looking at it like, yeah, he's definitely, definitely burst. And then, um, I don't think it was as burst as, <laughs> as the, the breakfast gave out. <laughs> oh, well. When you know you've made a mistake and your opponent's done you know, everything that they had to do well, like you were saying, you've just got to kind of take your hat off and go, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, he'd done everything right. He played well. Yeah. And, just punished me, so yeah, hats off to him. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of a humbling experience, but these things happen, and this certainly happened to me in the past. So <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> um, so one point from that one. So you're on forty-four. Uh, forty-five. Forty-two. Forty-two. Okay. Um, forty-two. I can't remember. I think it was forty-two. I finished them. Okay. So Paul, your final game. Who are you playing? Final game. I was playing <coughs> the infamous Chris Bond. I okay. say infamous because uh, I had the pleasure of playing Chris at the Scottish Champs last year. Oh, yeah. And he was still running Infernals. So I knew Chris, so I was looking forward to playing him again. Like, I was I was lucky during the event that I got to play against uh, four people I hadn't played against before, all with different armies. So playing against someone I had it played against before was actually quite nice. So Chris brought his Sylvan Elves. It was Dawn Assault and Capture the Flags for the secondary. So Chris had... Let me get this right. He had a Unit 6 Thicket Beasts, a Unit 5 Thicket Beasts, three units of 10 Dryads, a big block of Archers that he had his Mage and BSB in. No, Mage and General. And then he had a Unit of War Dancers with his BSB in. A unit of six Kestrel Knights and like two Eagles for Chaff. So he spread out, I think he dropped the Kestrels first and they have the banner, the bullshit that means that you can redeploy them at the end of deployment. Oh. Uh, which is pretty cool. I guess like the Banner of the Mist or something like that it's called. It lets you um, redeploy them. That is yeah, you basically can move them. Mental. Yeah, pretty cool. Either that or he was just making up rules and I was like, yeah, okay, that's a big <laughs> Oh, so I lose. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so he had basically spread out. He had his two blocks of Thicket Beasts in the middle with the archers, and then he had two units of Dryads on his right side, my left. The 
Kestrel Knights got redeployed onto my, my right side, and he had the War Dancers in the middle as well. And then he had the Eagles dicking around somewhere behind a building that they were just going to pop out and chaff me. So, looking at the matchup, thinking he's got some tanky stuff, but the Dryads should be easy points. I've got stuff they can do with the Thicket Beasts. The only two units I'm worried about are the Kestrels, because they're super fast and can outcharge me. And if they get a charge they want, they can wreck a unit. Um, and if they get into my backline, that's shit news. And the War Dancers. Um, funnily enough, before we were going on to the, the table, um, I think I was talking to you, Fraz, and you were like, don't fight the War Dancers. And I'd said to you, it's fine. Wretched ones, they'll deal with them. Um, yeah. so I had a, had a plan. So deployed everything. I basically had the Chariot, the Warriors, Chosen Knights, and Chosen block on my right side with the wretched ones in the middle and Francis on my far left behind the hill so you couldn't shoot up. I've just um, had a flashback to you telling me about this game on your way back up the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So um, he who went first? I think he went first. I think he had planned on, he had basically put the Kershaw lights behind uh, the building and I think he was thinking that he was going to have the movement to march over the building and get behind me, but he didn't. So basically what happened was he they just kind of dicked around in that back corner. I moved up and I put the dogs out um, and I left the chariot behind the dogs thinking you can kill the dogs, overrun and get the chariot, but it's going to be my turn and then I can flank charge the Kestrels with my chosen or the warrior block, which I had there. So I was basically giving them 300 points and I would get that unit yeah, and then like- that would make my... Yeah, that, that would be about 600 points, right? 500, 600 points for yeah. Kestrels. Yeah. So he charges the dogs, kills the dogs. I don't even think we rolled it. Just pulled them. My turn. Um, I declare charge with the chariot, because he doesn't overrun, obviously, because that would be stupid. He flees. Chariot pursues. So I'm thinking, it's fine. They've got faint flight. They can move, but I'm depriving him of charging in his subsequent turns. So I'm basically forcing them out of combat, which means everything else can push up and I don't need to worry about that unit. Francis moves up on the far left and he basically starts going after the 10-man blocks of dryads that he's got and just going after the secondary because they're soft points. Wretched ones move up in the middle, trying to get to the blade dancers before they can get somewhere I don't want them to be. And... He's been fairly aggressive. He's moving up the Thicket Beasts. He's he's moving everything up, supporting his line with what he's got. I want to say turn two or three, the Wretched Ones got into a 10-man block of Dryads in the flank. So he basically chaffed them with an eagle, killed the eagle, overran into the flank of the Dryads. I think they wiped them bar two guys, which fled, and very annoyingly didn't get them despite the fact that they were still fleeing at the end of the game, you've got to actually destroy the unit. So didn't get that scoring unit. On the far left, Francis was just left to go after the two 10-man blocks. So he got one unit, chased them down. The other unit just marched up every turn, trying to get away from Francis, giving him long charges. So he ended up with that 10-man unit and the two remaining dryads on that side. So Francis was basically just chasing them for the rest of the game. The Wretched Ones had taken quite a bit of punishment by this point. I think there was only two or three models left. On the far right, where the Chariot had failed, um, the Chariot had moved up to a point where they could see the flank of his Dryads, which he had. He was basically running them uh, two wides and five long, 
uh, just because they're light troops, so he was moving them around to keep them out of danger. But where the chariot had stopped, they had a, I think it was an eight charge into their flank. So I was like, okay, I'll take that. So to clear the charge, they hold, and I fail it. I don't roll the eight. Uh. So it just, it just stumbles forward. They, because of where the chariot was now, and I don't think the Kestrels had been in a position to stop that from happening, so on his next turn, he moved the war dancers out so that they were right in front of the Chosen. So basically looking like four inches away, dead in the face, come charge me. So the Chosen didn't really have anywhere to go at that point. So it was either charge or be charged. And I didn't really want that matchup because having the three up ward save is fucking crazy. You Why should else? still do well there, right? You should still do well. And that was my thinking. Meanwhile, he had a unit of Thicket Beasts in the middle. So what I did was the second chariot charged Thicket Beasts. The Chosen Knights charged Thicket Beasts. Both got in the front. And I basically moved the chariot onto the corner of the other side of the unit. The Chosen charged the front of the War Dancers. So that I'm thinking, I'm going to break that unit. The chariot is going to pursue the Thicket Beasts. And he's going to hit the flank of the War Dancers. And then I can fight that combat. So I'm getting two rounds of impact hits. So that was the plan. I think I killed half the unit. I think I killed three Thicket Beasts. So I'm thinking, okay, I think they auto-break. He rolls two dice. I roll three dice. They get away, very annoyingly. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but obviously my overrun takes me into the second combat, which is fine. The Chosen Knights reform to face the second unit of Thicket Beasts, which were coming around my flank, thinking, I've just wiped that unit. I'm now strength six, because I'm gluttony, because I've won a combat. I should be able to take the five-man unit now. So we go to the combat with the Chosen. I swing first. Oh, no. Yeah, I do, because the War Dancers are Agility 6. So I actually swing first at Agility 7. Uh, I do my impacts. I roll a 6 for impact hits. I'm like, oh, this is so good. 7 impact hits, wounded on 2s. I think the chariot killed, like, one guy. Cause what? He, he was, I think he did his 3-upward dance uh, or whatever. Right. So it's like, right, okay, shit. It's okay, I've still got, like... I think I had 8 guys in combat. I think the other 2 guys couldn't hit because of where he had placed them. Because it was a building... Uh, nearby. So I think that was fucking with movement. So I go, I swing first. I'm hitting him on fours. Unfortunately, I don't get any magic off, because he stops the reroll to hit spell, which is the one thing he has to hit. So then I think I ended up just buffing the Chosen Knight combat. So I swing first. All my attacks, I think I do a total of four wounds between that Chosen unit and the Chariot. Well, fuck. Well, fuck indeed. He goes back. He does enough to tie combat. And then it's his turn, and then he's getting all the buffs up. Uh, gets a good magic phase. I think I stopped the plus one strength spell, but then he was giving them like battle focus and fuck everything else. So he's he's got this total blender of a unit. I'm striking last now because I've lost my plus one agility in the first round of combat. And he wrecks the unit, and they break with two guys remaining, and they fuck off. So. That was pretty pish. <laughs> doesn't sound good, no. No, that doesn't sound good at all. So I really was confident that I was going to take that unit. And I if think, that well, had happened... You should really, shouldn't you? Yeah. So when that had happened, I'm thinking, right, okay, Francis can either tidy up that flank. I've got the center. Like, I've still got the chosen. He's got nothing really that can fight them now. Even if the, the thicket beasts rally and get into combat, the chosen should wreck three thicket beasts. And him getting that unit was such 
a big flip because it not only gave him like 800 points, I've got nothing now that deals with the play dancers. Yeah. Because the wretched ones, I think they tried to get into the back of that combat and they failed. I think they needed like a 10 and they didn't roll high enough. So I didn't get the two or three guys that were remaining into that combat, which would have helped. I think I had one guy left. They were just getting picked off with shooting. I had one guy left with one wound. And then I think in the last turn, the chosen, the two guys that were left either were shot or ran off the board and the wretched one was shot. So I lost a lot of points last game. Um, and I think at this point, I, w- I was just like demoralized. I was like, I should have been winning this game like 14, 15, 5. Like, h- how is this going so badly? Yeah. And I made a really stupid mistake. He had cast Break the Spirit on the Chosen Knights, which were in a water terrain. And I'm thinking, the game's over, I've lost. It's, it's the last bit of a tournament. I just want points. I just want to be able to salvage something. And in hindsight, I shouldn't have done this, but I did it. Charged the second Ticket Beast unit. So I'm rolling 20 dice total for the number of DTs I'm taking, because I'm taking DTs for the water, and I'm taking DTs when I get out of the water. Oh, dear. So I roll 10 dice. I take one wound. I'm thinking, okay. awesome. Roll a second lot of dice. Take seven wounds. Fuck <laughs> me. I've got, like, two knights in combat. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, seven wounds. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's brutal. So they fight the combat, they lose, and they get punked. The annoying thing was, that was a scoring unit, right? So I basically... I need Francis to pick up one of these other dryads that have just been running away from him the rest of the game. And I think I needed an 11 to get into the back of one of the units. Fail that. So I I don't take the secondary. And I've lost, like, a shit ton of points in the last phase of the game. So I end up going down 18-2. Ouch. Because he gets the secondary. So it was a pretty shit way to end the tournament, if I'm being honest. It was a little bit demoralizing, but... To be honest, I think I've actually played the game really well. The only stupid mistake I made was charging the Chosen Knights, which I didn't need to do, but to be honest, if I didn't charge him, he was going to charge me in the front with that unit, the other Thicket Beast in the back, and he could have got the Play Dancers in the in the other side. So it was like, they're fucked either way. Yeah. So may as well just declare the charge, which... Because how, how many Wretched Ones did you have in the Blade Dancer combat? Uh, so the I think there were two left when I tried to get them in the back. So it would have been eight chosen in the front, a chariot in the flank, and two wretched ones in the back. So the wretched ones didn't get in. They shouldn't. I shouldn't have needed them really. No, you, you shouldn't have. But um, just I don't understand why elves can grind like that. That's basically what you're allowing them to do, giving them a three-up save. I've got so much hate for that unit now. It's incredible. Yeah, they're they're pretty tasty. They're really good. So Chris was saying that this is his ETC list. Chris, yeah. you're not meant to tell people you should ETC list yet. <laughs> well, he could just be playing mind games. He could be playing something different. He did say that he was uh, running a dragon list that he kind of preferred. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Masters he was running, besides the Kestrel Knights, he was running with a dragon instead. Yeah. And he, I spoke to him after it and he said they preferred that. Yeah. The, the combination of, did they have the Shamanism Master and the Druid Adept? Yeah. And that was the Blade Dancers just as... Yeah. It's all so the boss nice. in the world. It's like... I mean, they're very good anyway, but getting all those spells off them just makes them super tanky. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you can buff the... You can buff them defensively. You can heal them. I think he runs it at MR3 because he's got... Uh, no, they were MR... Two in the BSP MR, and MR1 on the unit. So I, think got, like, MR, I think they're MR4. 
Uh, right, okay. One in the BSB, one in the unit, and then I think he had the Obsidian Rock as well. Uh, well, see. fuck your magic missiles. Well, this yes. is it. Right? So this was this is what made made the game a little bit harder was the fact that I couldn't really like snipe the BSB out, or I couldn't really do damage with Hellfire because it was just like, well, I need like another dice to get that spell off, and then I'm not getting buffs. So it just became pointless. Like I may as well just try and get the combat buffs off instead. But like I say, I was happy with how I played it. I just didn't get any luck with the dice. Just nothing you can do about it. That's just how it goes. Mm. The BSB with the hero's heart's quite nice as well because the hero heart like circumvents the minus strength, minus AP with the three up. Yeah, that's just So like even when he's got three up ages, the BSB's still you know dishing out a fair few attacks. I mean the three up ward is just or sorry three up ages is it allows combats to be swingy like that. But yeah. I mean, having chosen in the front chariot in the in the side's pretty insane. Like I've had wraiths stay in combat against stuff they had no right to be fighting uh, because of the three up. But that is a bit bananas. <laughs> that much was piling into them and they just weren't dying. So unfortunately, it meant that I didn't hit my target of fifty. Yeah. But I, I'm taking a little bit away from thinking if if I had gone the way I thought it would have went, I would have. <laughs> Broken 50. It's bullshit. I actually would have gotten maybe like 53, 54 points. Yeah. Which I would have been really happy with. But um, it was yeah. still enjoyable. Like, I like playing against Chris. He's a nice guy. Yeah, sometimes the dice just do that to you because the gods are cruel. So, slightly disappointing there. Fraz, how was your last game? Are you okay to talk about this? Or do you want to? <laughs> My counsellor said that I can talk about it and it will help me get oh, over it. Okay. But the police say you can't go within 500 yards of the play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was playing Jeff, who is a nice guy, but oh my god, I hate skinks. <laughs> he had a skink list with two Taurusaurs, two Stygiosaurs. After castling against the Centaurs, I was like, nah, can't do that again. It goes against every fibre of my body. Um, I'm going to go for that big slam that he's got sitting there, because I can reach that in turn two. That was not the case, <laughs> because... Ramphodons are also broken as well as skinks, who knew? <laughs> so, yeah, it's not looking good after my turn one. I've marched up and he's taking the Stygiosaurs and Taurosaurs around the flank, which I'm fine with because I've got the Rangers there to redirect. So I'm just pushing and then the Ramphodons come out and charge the Kingsguards. And I'm like, yeah, four of them, do what you want, don't care. I think they had... 15 attacks, he said, and he killed 23 out of 27 counters. Turn to... What the fuck? Yeah, I've never seen a guy roll sixes like this. Is this hatred and battle focus? They don't even uh, get hatred, it's just battle focus. They get hatred against oh, the unit. That's right, it's the frogs, isn't it? Oh my god. It was painful. So already I'm like, yeah, I made a massive mistake. Holy shit. Um, I've not looked at Sorry's book because I don't want to figure out how many points that is, but... They're cheap, like... That's an 800 points when just been demolished before they can swing. So at this point, I now need to waste... Well, what, I'm saying waste, but use the Seekers to prevent him getting a second round of attacks in because then the King's gone as well. So... Dragon Seeker goes in, he manages to wipe the rest of the unit before they get hit again. But now the Taurusaurs are not been zoned by the Dragon Seeker. And that lets him, you know, 
kind of dictate where they're going. Having learned my lesson, I stick the Rangers on the other side in front of the Ramphodons, but in a forest, thinking, yeah, I'm stubborn, this will go okay. But yeah, it didn't matter, he wiped the Rangers as well, so <laughs> you obviously sacrificed for nothing. And at this point, I've now basically lost the Bombers to skink nonsense, because <laughs> Pixis Poison is like a average roll. <laughs> um, uh, I've got three blocks running, declaring, well, when I say three blocks, I've got two blocks and like four kings guard a king. <laughs> running about, declaring charges, getting fled from, failing charges, declaring another charge, failing it. And that was basically the rest of the game for me, was declaring charges and take models off his stupid javelin and blowpipe casualties. And oh, it was just, it wasn't enjoyable, to be honest. It wasn't Jeff. He's a nice guy. It's just Dwarfs versus Skinks isn't really good because unless you take Forge Wardens or a Flame Cannon, you've got nothing. Yeah, you have really not a lot of shooting either to force uh, them yeah, to and, make and my list Yeah, like you said, Todd List, my list is just not made to play that. I think the list is just too many matchups like that. It's really good if you're playing something else that wants to fight. Um, like when I played Nav, um, when I played the Dread Elves, where I picked up points. And, but against the Centaurs and Skinks, it was just two games where I, I think I, sh- I should have castled. I knew, I knew it when I was deploying, but I just couldn't face castling for a second game. The fact that DJ ended up finishing three points more than me makes me regret <laughs> that decision. <laughs> Pretty badly. So do you yeah. want to tell our listeners what your uh, deal with DJ was? Yeah, so basically I'm an argument with shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet DJ that I would finish above them, and whoever finished above each other at Bristol would get to play dwarfs at ETC, because both of his main dwarfs. And, you know, after day one, DJ had a really bad day one, nothing was going for him, and I'm sitting at 41 points, like, yeah, like, I can just do whatever I want, I don't even need to turn up tomorrow. <laughs> and turns up I did turn up, got a whole massive point, more than I thought that he did, and, nah, he caught me. Um, he got a 20 in his last game, and I was actually looking at the table beside me, because that was the second highest dwarf player was actually at the table below me. And I was looking at his game, and he was getting 20 pieces by a really mobile Dead Elves list. Right. So, you know, these lists just for dwarfs are a bit of a pain in the neck. He had a lot more shooting than me, he was still struggling with it. So I was looking at it thinking, you know, I've maybe jammed out and still got best in race here, but now I've each stuck above me, and Tom Ham snuck above me as well. So, yeah, it was a bad day. Again, to be fair to Jeff, I was chasing the flag units, and he was just fleeing with them instead of facing them. I actually caught a unit of Saurus. Sorry, sorry. And that was basically my whack. And <laughs> the Dragon Seeker dealing out a beating. The Coato and the two units of Chameleons... Yeah, I think they took the majority of the points there. By the time the Skinks, the Chameleons had just bounced around the Kingsguard, he had two Taurosaurs on the hill, and they just charged into the King. He took the King off before he could do anything, just with impact hits. And at the end, I had my block, ironically, sitting in the corner. <laughs> where I'd marched it through after feeling enough charges with it to think... Right, if I protect the rear and a flank, then I've got the hold stone, I might be able to save this unit. And 
I wasn't quite in the corner enough and he could get torso on one flank, Stigio saw on the other and I torso on the front and at that point I think he actually had Ramford ones that could have went in the flank as well. And it was his turn six and I went, <laughs> don't even bother going then. We'll just, <laughs> the way this is going, we'll just give you my full army and my 20 and let's not even count it up because I don't want to know. So I reckon I probably, when I got a 20, it hit a lot of 400 points. I think that was just complete role reversal. I would be surprised if I got more than 500 points there. Yeah. To be fair, Jeff, he done the right thing, just kept seeing and using other units that I couldn't get into ARC um, just to chip down the units. And he said at the time, I'm sure he didn't, the amount of poison he was rolling and the Ramford on battle focus was just not helping my, any situation I had. I actually should have known it because Tank, I was ta- playing him on the table behind me uh, the game before, and I lo- looked at it at deployment, and then I looked at it after Jeff's turn one, and the two Forsaken ones had been killed by skinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. I, I ignored it, much to my own... When yeah. poison spikes, there's really not a lot you can do, though, because it just comes down to how many armor saves you can make. Uh, but, I, yeah, I couldn't make four ups uh, on the Warriors, and Kingsguard had three ups, which I was making, to be fair, but by that point, I have four guys in a unit, and it doesn't matter if I'm making them, he's got enough shots to... To yeah, you'll be failing. Yeah, so it was, wasn't a particularly fun game. I don't particularly like playing these cloud lists. That's just me. I'm not saying they're wrong or anything like that because they're definitely a way to play. But yeah, it's a tough matchup for you. It's just dwarfs. It's just so double fun. flame cannon in the next list. <laughs> oh, you, you don't know how much I was pining for that flame cannon. <laughs> oh my god, I never remember the good old days. <laughs> Okay, so that's pretty brutal final game for you both. Yeah. Um, so we'll quickly run through final standings and then we'll kind of close off with a kind of summary and final thoughts. So there were about 80 players, so I'm not going to go through 80 results because no one wants to know about us, Drew Borings. So we'll, I'll go through the first. Do you want to do top 10? top 10 and then our guys? Yeah, so the one, the only Amit came top. 83 solid. Yeah, he was running UD. Just behind him, at, on 80 points, was Jack Chapman, German Swarm. And then we had Marcus Lake with 77 points with Demons. Fourth was Tom Uden with UD on 74. Raf was fifth on 72. Hugh Scarlin with his Ogres came sixth on 70 points. And then we had Tanka. And Ed joint seventh, both on sixty nine. We had very good from Ed. Yeah, solid score. John Turner on sixty eight, on uh, ninth position, and then the tenth spot was taken by Gareth Barton, uh, who was running VC at the tournament with sixty seven points. So very tight in the top ten. Like yeah, the top three. Players kind of ran away with it a wee bit, but then you're only talking like a few points between like the tenth and fifth spot, so that could have really gone anyway. And then the eleventh spot was Jack Payne, twelfth uh, was Colin Power, twelfth, uh, joint twelfth with Colin was Felix and Josh and Warren Brewster, 
Uh, 16th spot was Kev Weaver. 17th was Melvin Campbell. Joint 18th was Shane and Jeff Keeling. And then 20th spot was Jordan Davies. So there were so Jordan on twent, uh, position 20 had 61 points. So there was about 22 points between the 20th spot and the top spot. So it was quite a big jump. Yeah. Okay, so where did the rest of our boys finish up? So of the five of us, Ed, obviously he came top or uh, joint seventh with 69. Um, Guillermo, I want to say, was next. He came joint 34th with another three players on 51. So Guillermo had a pretty good tournament. Yep. Again, I think his day two wasn't great. Uh, I think he I think he picked up a few points. And then we had Fraz, I believe, 52 on 42 points. Yeah. And then Michael was 53rd with 41, and then I was 60th with 40. So there were seven players on 41 points, uh, two players on 40 points. So like a lot of the jabronis were, you know, pretty well clustered. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of points between like you know the 40th spot and 60 odd spot. Everyone's only there's. I think there's like. If you added me and Michael together, we would have tied with Amit. Yeah. So, <laughs> well done. But take positive. That's good. <laughs> I mean, if you added up all of us, then we beat Amit. <laughs> Just. I don't think you guys understand what a singles competition is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good event. I had a really good time. Uh, lots of people there. A really good atmosphere in the room. It was good to see a lot of people from other events. Wessie's face was there. Uh, on table one. What's his, one. Face? <laughs> What's his face? <laughs> Fuck, what is his face? <laughs> oh, man. You know who I'm talking about, right? I've got no fucking... How am I meant to get What's his face? <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling. What does he play? He was a warrior player. Plays, plays for Ireland. But he, he plays VC now. Oh, Barry. Best Barry, player. yeah. So Barry, he was there. I don't think he, he didn't play day two. I think he was sick. Oh, okay. He, I think he caught the flu. Aye, the flu. Got you. Well, this is what I thought. I was over talking to him and it sounded like he legit had the flu. Because okay. he said that at first and I was like, Barry, you don't have the flu. Yeah, I, I seen him on the second day. And the first day after game one, I think he drank eight or nine cans. There was an empty crate of Thatchers beside him. I don't know how he does it, man. He just puts it away. Oh, it's a machine. Yeah, so uh, when he, he told me on Sunday, I was just looking at him like, no. And then... He said, oh, I can't stop sweating, I'm roasting. And that hall was the coldest place I've ever been. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Okay. It was funny because I, I totally knew every table Barry was at because it was always an empty box outside <laughs> under the table. So, Barry, so Alex Thomas. Alex has been at a couple of Scottish events. So it was nice seeing him. It was good meeting a lot of the Vale guys, seeing Deej and, and Tim. That was good. Where did Deej come Deej did all right. Above for us. Rub that in a little bit more. Yeah, Deej came joint 45th and 45 points. Tim didn't have a great tournament. He picked up 37 points. I think his list, he had said, was a really hard counter to demons. And I think there were quite a few demon lists there. <laughs> he just, it just seemed to be on the table that would be next to like the three other demon players and he would be playing some other bullshit list. So I don't think he had great matchups, but um, it was nice to see him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so final takeaways from it then. 
Paul, you stick with your list, or are you going to try something else? Uh, no, I'm going to try something else. I think the list is okay. I think it probably could do with better chaff and better chaff clearing options. Okay. Um, that probably means taking um, lightning van braces or bound spells on banners for better uh, spell clearing ability or just dropping evil. If you drop evil, though, you've got to you're going to alchemy, so could keep him on the disc or go occultism, but if you go occultism, you need a big scary mount for him to be on to protect yeah. him, and I, that would just change the list out. So I think the list as it stands is a good list. It's it's fairly balanced, but I think the weaknesses are, are just kind of tied to the book more than anything else. I think that's just something the book struggles with. And for a discussion so, of that, check out our previous episode, episode yeah. number 19. <laughs> We're tempted to take the Battle Shrine back into the list with the Wizard Master. Yeah, so the the next list has got the shrine with the wizard on it, and he is not short of damage spells. So that should help. I've got a couple of variations of it that's got a lot of chaff, or it's just sticking with the dogs for chaff, and I've got a couple of units of barbarian calf for scoring, or if need be, they can be chaff. So there's options there. So I, I think the list was fine. Some weaknesses, but I've, I've got some changes in mind to solve those issues. So I think okay. the list was fine. For us, what about you? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to change my list <laughs> to a different army. <laughs> but yeah, about the list, um, I think the, the second block of spears and core are just meh. Basically an expensive tarpet. Right. I don't think I would run them again unless I was running only two blocks of spears as a combat units. So I could maybe put a king in there or something. But I think shooting or two scoring darts are, is better than the big block. The King's Guard are just, when they get in, they're just so good, but everybody in a granny avoids them. It's really hard, even with the banner of speed. It's just hard to get them into combat. Everyone just wants to chaff them. Everyone's generally faster than you, but runs away from them. So I like them, but I don't know if I'd bring them again. And I just miss having millions of seekers. Yeah. (laughs) I know I run lots of them all the time, but I like I like a brick. I, I think I've decided that most lists I would bring would probably drop the King's Guard for a brick of Seekers, and then that saves me a good few hundred points that can mm-hmm. go on to maybe double double attack copters or something, a wee bit more shooting for the matchups like the Centaurs, etc. Okay, that all sounds good. So before we finish up, um, any final thoughts, guys? Just to say... It was a really good event. Really enjoyed it. We definitely look to go next year. Okay. Yeah, I'd definitely go back as well. Um, Shane and Callum are really nice guys, and everyone was dead friendly. It was a, a good, a good tournament. Um, yeah, they put a lot of effort in. Like the the packs were really good. Everyone got a couple of ninja dice. The prizes were mental. They were basically all samurai swords. <laughs> And they had little mini samurai swords as like letter, op- letter openers for like best in race. Nice. They had little gold tokens for everyone that played that were really handy for like marking objectives and stuff. Just really good. Really nice. I mean, it's, it's a cold venue, but it's a really nice venue. It's got a nice wee shop and like it's a really good atmosphere. So I would really recommend it. Cool. All sounds good. So the only thing left to do is thank Fraz for coming on. Thank you, Fraz. No problem. I feel we've been really nice to you, Fraz, because you played dwarfs. We could have been a lot harder. I know, right? I, I, I was expecting a lot worse. I mean, no racial hatred is... This isn't what happens at the weekend when we play. No, I, <laughs> I think we're both very chill just now. I think you got off very lightly. 
that's something to say. I actually got to meet the infamous Tommy Tucker. Ah. And to be fair, Tommy, you're a lovely guy. So I was almost disappointed when I met you because yeah. I was like, you're very chill. The vitriol but, only comes out in emails. It does. <laughs> uh, but no, it was great. He was kicking about on the Friday. So we got to chat to him a wee bit on the Friday. And, nice one. Uh, saw him over the weekend. So yeah, it was good. Good to meet some people, put faces to names. Well, speaking of tournaments, <laughs> nice little segue. Um, <laughs> there are still tickets available for the Scottish Championships. So yep. if you would like to come along to them, they are on the 24th and 25th of March. Jump on the forum and sign up there. Um, and the only thing left to do is to say thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you in the next one. Yeah, take it easy. Uh, thanks for coming on, Fraz. We'll see you at the club. See you soon.